When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. I think yeah. it's pretty busy. Yeah, it's a pretty busy They've got time. you on the, on the tour. I'm on the tour. I am um, on the tour. Where you answer the same question over and, and over, over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're not going to ask you any of those questions. I know. That's why we're here. That's Although, kind of, I, though, whatever you ask me, I'm, I'm terrified that I don't, I won't have much to say because. Well, no, but I, that's the other, it's like, that's, I that's why I quit therapy. <laughs> this, this is, this is, I like to think I'm a fairly competent writer of some note. I have yet to figure out in any of the emails how to get across. Like the more nervous you are about coming on, the more excited we are to have you. But what I, <laughs> no, we, only, only because we don't want someone who's going to come here and sort of right. just, just run through the Pantheon and all the oh, ways right. you're supposed to, you know, right, it's like, right. we want you to, I like, I want you to come in wrong movies right. and bad opinions about them, <laughs> you know, that we haven't, cause it's, it's, uh, but there was a, um, oh God, I went to see someone. I want, are we, are we recording? They're always recording. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, well, I won't say. I went to, the I went fans, to see The fans a, like it. There was, there was a filmmaker I went to see at um, the Skirball Center several years ago who was um, introducing one of his favorite movies, but he he sat and talked about, he had a sort of top 10 list of favorite films and everyone was there. It was a really good right. filmmaker. And we're all sort of, ooh. And it was, you know, it was Citizen Kane and Seven Samurai. It was an adventure. Right, yeah. And it was all just, you're sitting there like, I could finish this list without you here. I right, like, right. where's the part that Yeah, but if you, he said, if he said he liked Exorcist 2. Yeah. Then at least you have a discussion. Exactly. <laughs> right. Now I'm going, oh, that's interesting because I love your work and right. that is the worst movie so, ever made. So, so, it's so, not, it's <clears throat> so not the worst movie ever made. Well, it is according to Isn't that. there a difference though? I mean, isn't there a difference from people who bring in, like I could, I, I made the mistake probably of overly investing in the actual films that made a difference in my life, uh -huh. which are not cool, interesting films that, you know, is, is there not a difference between films people want to have formed them and actually films that maybe well, we don't really have oh, a choice absolutely. do we <laughs> yeah 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 no that's the thing it's right, like right. i don't want to know the movies you think they're gonna you know <laughs> right yeah uh, I'm, I'm very you know i i don't like i go back to citizen kane every few years because yeah. you have to but i yeah. mean it's it bores me senseless yeah. and you know touch of evil just right. i i could watch that a thousand times and never get over how happy it makes me right and, and right. it's you know lesser wells and i know that's a flaw i suppose in the eyes of but it's it's it also informs sort of who i am and what i'm interested Absolutely. in and yeah. that's um, sort of the point of this is to get to like, you know, what, what makes you tick in terms of movies. Right. right. Um, so, I have a lot of negative examples too, right? That's, I, that's I, fine. You know, I have things that, you know, like, you know, that I saw that and I was like, what, what? No, no. Yes. Yeah, oh right. no, I, but that's great. Yeah. You know, we kept trying, Joe thinks it's too negative. I have a guest who wants to come on and talk about 10 movies he hates oh, and how they, cause right. to me it's like, that's the thing where you go. <laughs> Um, but negativity is in now, so it's really that's, well. You know, Dan, Dan. I think Dan Waters told the story on the show. His brother Mark, who's a right. big director, uh, was visiting Dan on the set of um, Adventures of Ford Fairlane, and he was in I want to say medical school at the time. And he looked around. And he went, "Wait a minute, th this is directing," <clears throat> and and you know, got a day fi and now he makes <laughs> it's just like watching someone make a terrible movie made him realize. Well, no, watching your brother make yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that, well, that, that, that way. Anybody can. It do was Randy Harlan. Oh, but, I see. Um, okay. This is the movies that made me with your hosts Josh Olson, 
and Joe Dante. Let me do, we'll do, we'll do our, we are our sensible introduction. We're here with, um, I'm very excited by the way. Uh, I can uh, the, tell. The, what? I can tell. Yeah, no, we the, the, the writer of Bombshell here, Charles Randolph, uh, who's also the Academy Award, uh, winning, winning, correct? Yes. Correct. Yes. Uh, Did you uh, bring it? Did you bring your Oscar? Uh, I don't travel with it. I live oh. in New York, so it's a little hard um, <laughs> getting into uh, custom. He did, he did yeah. the big short. So he keeps yeah. doing these sort of cheerful movies with these kind of upbeat messages exactly. for the world. Exactly. Um, Bombshell is uh, coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no, we're terrible at the plug thing. Um, where Ashley, when's it? Uh, the 13th, I think New York, LA and the 20th wide. Fantastic. Um, and, and it stars, uh, uh, a bunch of, I wrote down their names. Uh, they, these actresses, uh, uh, Nicole Kidman, Char- Charlize Theron and Margot Robbie. So it's, yeah, it's they're kind of breaking in these, um, these newcomers. These well, it's newcomers. important, I think, to give young people a chance. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yes. Yes. Um, and then also others, you know, others, you know, they've been around a while, but you surely do not know, you know, Lithgow, a guy named Jonathan Lithgow. Yes. Um, yes. I, I, yeah. I hear he's, he plays, uh, he plays Roger Ailes. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Um, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're very much looking forward to that, but, but, but we're again, not going to talk about it. We're, we're not, not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about, we're going we're to talk about the fact that it exists yes. and the fact that it's going to open. That's right. And the people should go see it. That's correct. And that's what, that's although right. also it may have opened by the time you hear this. Too. Oh, that's, that's true. We, whatever it's, that's it's okay. you know, the, yeah. the joys of podcasts. And of course you may be listening to this five years from now too. Right. Well, you hope. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but anyway, Charles, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, you, uh, and again, I really mean it. It's like your, your first email. It's, it's always a good sign when they say they're intimidated because, yeah. um, it means they're going to have something interesting to say. Uh, I think it's more your legend really. That I, well, I, Joe, I'm not the one who's seen every movie ever made. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you came in, you want to talk about, you want to tell me to describe your, your theme for us, if you will. I'm always interested in how you can make politics political component of a film entertaining and entertaining political. So I'm, I'm interested in when those things and all my, all my films kind of have that, that this, this place where they overlap. Right. right. And so, uh, I, I'll probably end up talking about those kinds of things. Although a lot of it's just things that have, you know, affected me and my background. And, you know, it's, it's funny when you, when you, when you try and think of your life biographically in terms of, of the films that have mattered, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that they have a very clear through line. Always, you know, it's, you know, and, you know often and, life doesn't. Life so. does not. But <laughs> but that through line works a little bit in the sense that you know I I I was the son of missionaries. I grew up abroad uh, for much of my my life. Um, I moved back to the states in primary school, uh, so moved back to the Dallas Fort Worth suburbs. So mostly, I mean, after a bit of moving around. And so, you know, my exposure to popular culture, you know, um, that suburban standard, I'm born in 1963, so that suburban standard, 19, you know, 1970s adolescence, where, you know, Sunday night is the NBC movie Mystery Wheel and then Charlie's Angels. And then maybe you can get to, you know, some movie after that, which some programmer somewhere has, you know, created a, you know, a, a rotation of films that they'll, you know, that you can see. That was all we had. Really? Right, so yeah. you didn't go out to movies a lot? Was we did not. Of... You know, my parents uh, would take us, you know, we got to see some of the classics, um, uh, you know, Pink Panther movies until they got a little too sexual. Um, <laughs> you know, but there was a lot of resistance. My, my parents had lo- left the, 
the states in the 60s to go to Amman and Beirut and then uh, then uh, Greece. And then when they came back, they were a little freaked out by how far the culture had progressed. Oh, really? okay. And so we were allowed television if they weren't around, mm-hmm. uh, but movies were a harder thing. Uh, and even then the movies we would, would be allowed, you know, um, um, not surprisingly, I'm sure you'll hear this from other people who grew up religious, uh, Hitchcock is allowed, was allowed. Really? Yeah. And part because of, you know, because of Hitchcock's native Catholic, Catholic, you know, sensibility, right? Yeah. You know, and the, and the sort of severe moralism of some of, of what, what, what he does. Uh, but the first one I would start with is North by Northwest because that was a film that we were, the kind of film we were allowed. I'm an advertising man, not a red herring. I've got a job, a secretary, a mother, two ex-wives, and several bartenders dependent upon me. And I don't intend to disappoint them all by getting myself slightly killed. You can't fight it, Carrie. Someone's out to get you by violence or by abduction. They'll even frame you for murder. So run for your life. Search for a man who doesn't exist. A secret nobody knows. And start a love affair in an upper berth. Hello there. Tell me, why are you so good to me? Shall I climb up and tell you why? A train may be an old-fashioned way to make a getaway. But who wants to get away from an exquisite, inquisitive blonde? How do I know you aren't a murderer? You don't. Eva Marie Saint seems to enjoy Carrie's romantic performance, but her companion, James Mason, has other ideas. Ask him, Carrie. Apparently, the only performance that will satisfy you is when I play dead. In your very next role, you'll be quite convincing, I assure you. (laughs) One surprise after another. Adventurous Carrie, romanced by the kind of blonde that gets into a man's blood, even if she has to shoot her way in. And it had that thing of, that 50s thing of good people pretending to be bad, right? right? Which allowed you to feel the naughtiness, but also know they were good. And that, that appealed, to, obviously, to my world. So, so uh, I remember that, that you know, the, the thrill of, of her, you know, he's saying, I'm saying sort of, pretending to seduce him and you think it's real, but then it's not. She's actually this noble agent for the, for the government and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You know? um, like so. when, when do you, when did you, um, like I, I, I couldn't answer this question, but when, when did it occur to you? And I wonder if with your background, if it was either later or sooner than someone like me was raised right. just in filth and godlessness and <laughs> all this stuff. At what point did you realize how dirty Hitchcock films were? I mean, the, the, you know, I think in college you can kind yeah. of see, right? You can you can you can start to feel the uh, the um, well. It's too too strong to say internal creep, but you can sort of <laughs> you can you can sort of feel the 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 older guy sort of there, you know, uh-huh. sort of you know, you know scoping things out. Yes, yeah, a little bit. So so, but um, but yeah, that th- those films were we were allowed. My, my you know, and, and we finally got a, a VHS machine. I think probably the first twenty films my family had were Hitchcock films, uh-huh. right? And so uh, that gave me a love of. Of, of political thrillers. Um, that one is so good. I just, uh, I mean, I, you love that, right? That's an assignment. It's a, it's a, it's a classic piece of screenwriting. Just, I can watch it anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah. It parts out really beautifully. Like yeah. it's one of those you can watch little segments of very, in just very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Well, most of his movies are like that. I mean, you click yeah. them on and you go, oh yeah, that scene, yeah. you know, oh, this is the part where uh, it's, they're, they're iconic. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I've, I've shown it to um, I mean, kids like teenagers. Uh, in fact, my niece and nephew were out last year and we went to the cemetery because it was showing there and, you know, they're 19 and 21 and they were riveted in a way that a lot of movies from that era just don't, mm-hmm. 
click with, you know, kids. Right. Um, understandably. Yeah. You know, um, even Psycho doesn't quite work the way yeah. North by Northwest does, I think, for a, for a modern audience. That's why they remade it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank God they did. <laughs> and you know what's also is the look of it's fantastic, right? Yeah. You know oh, that God, was yeah. it Vista Vision? Is that what they yeah. called it, right? Yeah. And and just the production design, that Van yeah. Dam house that they built over here, you know, in, yes. in Culver City, even to this day. I mean, it's I prefer to any Frank Lloyd Wright house, yeah. even though it's based on those houses. I mean, it's cantilevered out there at that weird yes. angle, which would never exist in real life. Right. You know, that the spatial relations in that living room are fantastic. You know, yeah. you think, God, that's a house I want to have. I want to live in. You know? Yeah. And that and grace. it's right next to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> exactly. And it's right. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's got an airfield. <laughs> it's got an airfield. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's got an airfield. And uh, yeah. And then yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's like candy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And the, and his suit. I mean, how many, how yeah. many costume designers have just gone in and said, oh, we're doing, we're doing Cary Grant's suit. From now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing. All right. Well, yeah. I feel like that was his, his, that may be the first time it occurred to me that like, you know, adults doing who do adult jobs could actually be cool, right? You know, because right. he's he's just a, what is he? he's an advertiser, yeah, right, 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 yeah. And yet, and yet, <laughs> he goes on this adventure, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, so that's 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 that that's always been a, a favorite. You know, it's a weird one in in a sense that I mean, it was at its, you know at its at its time it was sort of considered to be a little bit of Hitchcock parroting himself, right, right. But in a way, that's what I feel like gives it a legs in some ways. It's it's a, it's it has this quality of being a, a reader's digest version of Hitchcock's best mm-hmm. tropes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 they and they and they, you know the action sequences are kind of nuts, you know, but they work, right? Yeah. They they're they, I mean conceptually, you're like, how are you going to pull that off? But right, my God, he pulls and it what's off. That, why is the plane out there? Is that they can't come up with a better <laughs> right. way to kill this guy than right. lure him right. out the middle of nowhere and attack yeah. him with a biplane? Yeah. You're going to stop the tanker truck and the plane's going to hit it? Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stand in front of the tanker truck and let I him. have to, Joe, did he? He was having fun. I mean, it seems like he was having fun. No, did, did he I, enjoy I process. think I think he had a wonderful time. Yeah, because that one just yeah. seems like yeah. yeah, he does not seem unhappy. In the, in no, the well, he was riding high at his TV show. He, yeah. he was uh, the most probably the best recognized film director in the world because he yeah. merchandised himself right. to right. his icon. Yeah, to the detriment of the rest of us, and the rest of the business. To the detriment of William Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's yeah, so that's the film that sort of you know communicated to me the magic of filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, how I could t- transport you to a different identity, an identity yeah. you wholly wanted to occupy, right? So um, yeah, so so uh, when I when I graduated college, I left the country to go be James Bond for Jesus. I went off. <laughs> I went off. <laughs> I went off to. Eastern Europe. I this is the eighties, and I then worked for a group to smuggle Bibles into Eastern Europe. Oh, wow. and, uh, you know, print the gospel of Mark on really thin paper and get a fan and pull the bed out and put it down and, you know, smuggle it in, oh, wow. right, you know, and, and part of that was informed just by that, that, you know, that, that, that adolescent life of, of Hitchcock films. So you actually had a life before you came to movies. I did. I didn't, I didn't write oh, wow. a, my first screenplay. I was, I want to say it's 34, maybe 33. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I went off and I did that and I, uh, I was in a place called Olomuc, which is in Slovakia, uh, when I met the Time Magazine bureau chief and then went off and did some stuff from them. And I was sort of a freelance stringer consultant for a few months and then went to graduate school. So, yeah, that's... And what made you decide film? Well, I went back to Europe and I was a professor. I taught what, you know, cultural studies, you know, which was out of toe in film at the time. 
And I would do different sort of cultural uh, fields every year. So I came out here to do feature film one year. Uh, I think the previous year I'd done uh, documentaries. Uh, and the year before that I'd done maybe museum space. I can't remember. And anyway, so I was going to do a, a whole thing on, you know, uh, film theory and whatnot. And I taught a course in the summers uh, with Drew Casper at USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we uh, taught the course on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, we would interview various writers and various genres at the, at the Guild. Uh, and I, I can't think I was interviewing the Fairley Brothers or maybe met somebody who knew the Fairley Brothers, maybe maybe Sharpie, their guy back in the day, or Bradley, can't remember. And, um, you know, he said, oh, write something for us. So I sat down that summer and wrote a script. Uh, and I knew someone at CA and, and they agreed to represent me and I was sort of off to the races. Uh, it was an homage to John Waters called Fat, F-A-T, uh, that never got made. Uh, yeah. And probably should be buried in a vault now somewhere since it's- uh, As should all first like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so my entrance, you know, my entrance is pretty easy. Uh, I set up a pitch on the basis of, basis of that. On, I mean, we're talking, yeah, anyway, we're, the life of Gabe, David Gale came out of that, you know. Oh, uh, right. So that, that first three or four months in the film business. Yeah. So cool. that, that's that. Yeah. Uh, but when I was in Eastern Europe, obviously I, I spent a lot of time traveling. So I, I'm a huge fan, particularly tonally of the Czech new wave. Right. And so I think loves of a blonde is probably my favorite film. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys remember it well. Sure. Um, but, um, just his ability because he's in this weird space of, and all of them were of not being able to speak freely, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but having so much to say, right? It creates this delicious tension where you feel everything is so laden with meaning, and then to take that and find comedic registers of doing that is just, you know, it's just phenomenal, right? So um, I love that, and I, and I loved also the, you know, the some of the some of the tropes they would use, you know, some of the some some of the methods they would use. You've seen daisies. I have loved Daisy. Remarkable movie. Remarkable movie. Yeah. Almost unknown. Yeah. Why someone's not. Vera Chitlova. Yeah. How did you say her last name? Chitlova. I Chitlova. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. her name. I don't know the film. I'm, uh... It's Book Smart, set in 1965, <laughs> I think, you know. And it's these two women who are just, it's just about the pleasure of being friends, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in, their, in their sort of screwed up world. And it just, the, you, you're hard put to name a film that ha- takes more liberties with the film form. Yeah. I like to do crafts and collages and the film just starts to get cut up into pieces. It'll go back and forth between black and white and color. It's just a phenomenal. It's really, a, it's really an amazing, liberating movie to watch. Oh, okay. So here it is. Hey, on Blu-ray. Am I buying yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a definite buy. <laughs> yeah. For sure. This, this, uh, some, people, some people get paid for shows. <laughs> I, I end up like... And we just get the kick the show back. Breaks yeah. company. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, Criterion doesn't have some special deal with you. Where you just ring them up and uh, they they deliver. Should, they should. Maybe they, they will. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that in our next incarnation, come. that day will come. <laughs> that, that, that's what you need. You know, my wife is uh, is is one of the leads of um, Dead Men, Jarmusch's oh. movie, right? Emilia Abital. And so she did her, when they re-released it, she did some little uh, recording for them. So they took us up to New York to their office and they, they bring you into their oh, room. the closet. The yes. closet. Yeah. Oh my God. And yeah. they say, take a few things. <laughs> you know, yeah. Cut to us walking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were many things we could hold. But that closet is probably the sexiest space in New York City. You know? <laughs> it's just, I mean, I, I fantasize about that space. Hey, you know, we had Bill Hader on and I kept waiting for him to thank us by getting us in there and, and nothing. Oh man! No, I have to have him on again and, and excoriate him. Ungrateful bastard! Yeah. <laughs> Chastise him! All the exposure we gave him. 
Uh, yes. Um, no, yeah. I just ordered daisies. Um, you, you got, you know, it's I'm just, in. it's, it's fantastic. It's just the, the level of play and, and, and it, and it, and it, it's the thing I'm interested in and in, in that the political metaphor takes a while to emerge, but when you get it, it's sort of profound, right? It's a, it's a time of pretty, it's just before Prague Springs so or things are getting better, but mm -hmm. it is a, a period of ec economic deprivation in, in that world, which takes the form of the limited availability of foodstuffs, basically, right? Like just getting anything but a certain kind of bread, right. and a certain kind of sausage is next to impossible. So it's a food, it's a movie about these two women who go on dates basically to eat, right? And it culminates in essentially a, a they find this feast that's laid out for these people, and they just go crazy. It's a, there's these two two young women having a bacchanalia of just like just decadent food fight, drinking everything and tasting everything. And it goes on and on and on and on. But it was, you know, in its time, it was pretty profound, you know, message. Much more subtle than some of the other Czech New Wave films. I'm, I'm trying to think of, is it Jan Nemec's film? Is it the 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 um, the party and its guests? Yes. The dinner party and its guests? Report guest. on the party. The report, yes, the report on the party and its guests, right? Um, by the way, I always picture all those great posters. Whoever did posters in Czechoslovakia in that day is a, is a true genius. They are phenomenal posters. But anyway, that particular movie has, you know, is, is quite heavy in its metaphor. It's about you know, these, these thugs who recruit these young, these people into, these people on an outing into a dinner party. They're not allowed to leave. And that's sort of a metaphor for the state. Like we give you all this stuff, you get to drink, you get to eat, but you have to do what we say. And it just sort of goes crazy from there. But it's pretty heavy handed throughout. Whereas Daisy's just, it has a lovely, you know, has a lovely, it sort of sneaks up on you because of their chaos, you know, and just their joy at being young and, and, and having fun, which was unusual in films, particularly the Polish films of that, of right. that, of that era, you know, so, but uh, yeah, but, but Milo, who I had a chance to work with a little bit right before he died, he was going to direct something I wrote and, and got to spend some time with his, his particular sensibility is, is truly remarkable. I when, when he first came over here and did uh, Taking Off, which is uh, a wonderful film yeah. that is very difficult to see because of music rights, because it's, it's filled with all these young uh, New York teenage girls who are at an audition and they're all doing their own compositions and they're spotted all throughout the picture. Uh, one of whom is Car Carly Simon and one of whom is Kathy, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, right, okay. and Bobo Bates. Wow. That's right, Bobo uh, Bates. <laughs> and uh, it's, and, and it, it's, a, it's about a girl who uh, goes to, leaves the parents and goes to New York, and the parents are Buck Henry and Lynn Carla, and they have to come and find her in New York, and they meet all these other parents who are also looking for their lost kids uh, in 1971. And uh, it was a universal picture, and it, it opened to a lot of acclaim, um, and then it disappeared, and now it's, almost impossible to find. Is it really? Uh, it, it's never, I heard there was some, am it's, I, it's never it? screened. An upcoming video release? Uh, recently, or is I, that... It would certainly be nice if there was. Yeah. But, uh, no, there is, there, is a, there is a good copy uh, video uh, release out on some label that I can't remember, but uh, which I have, which is the only one that I've ever seen half decent. But uh, it's really worth tracking down because it's yeah. an excellent picture. And it shows up in repertory theaters from time to time. I, I so saw the Egyptian, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. It's definitely worth seeing. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, I know Scott and Larry, Scott, uh, Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, who are friends, friends of the show, former guests. They, they, um, you know, they, they worked with him, uh, man in the moon. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, I, I know that was a just profoundly great experience for them. And they, they loved him. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 uh, <laughs> he, he had this line. I can't remember exactly what it was, but something about, you know, 
stupid government for the screenwriter. Oh, it's a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, and so that, that just, that feeling for the absurdities of everyday life, you know, as you try and build the universal out of the specific is, is, is something that, that I think about a lot. I actually, I want to go down that rabbit hole with you just for a minute, just because as here, we both sit screenwriters with, with, I would argue, probably agree. One of the stupider governments we've ever had. Right. I, I feel like we've reached a point now where it is so stupid that it almost uh, almost tr- smart. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it, 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 it transcends the ability yeah. to exhaust exhaust parody. Well, parody. It exhausts parody. Parody. parody is dead. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And then just to simple things too. I often like I think about now the the portrayal of presidents in uh, just kind of dopey stuff. You know, imagine. You know, you have a show like 24 where your president is either sort of generic president man right. or woman um, or a specific kind of, you know, didn't they do one where he's a, a villain? He was murdered as vice president or some such, but they're all still these very kind of buttoned down. But now you can't do any of those and you can't do Trump because he's so specific. Right, right. So it's sort of like what what kind of cartoon clown well, is going to- it's the Jerry Springer presidency, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to be able to- hire that kind of larger than life, you know, carny showman. Right. Uh, and, but I mean, if you were, if you were making, uh, what's the movie about the meteor with Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you were making that today and you were going to cast the generic president, right. what would you do? Oh, that's funny. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but what, for the next decade, what are we going to do when it comes time for the, for the token presidential? Yeah, they can't, they yeah. can't all be comic bumblers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I made a movie called the second civil war and we had Phil Hartman playing. That's the president. right. Yes. And he was indeed. Trump-like, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, not as very watered down though. Yeah, very watered right. down, and, not, and obviously, who, no, he was plausible. Who, who could have imagined the depth <laughs> that you would have to sink in order exactly. to be, be Trump? Right. But, yeah. but you know, when when you think about what an amazing difference it is between the way presidents used to be, yeah, portrayed yeah. in the '30s and '40s, right, when they would either be the, you'd be behind their heads, mm-hmm. right, uh, or they'd be side side shot. Right. Uh, or, there, or there'd be an actor who looks somewhat like the president, but they'd be dubbed by somebody who's imitating right, right, the president, right, almost right. always Roosevelt. Right. Uh, and, and there was a certain majesty to the president, a certain mystery and a certain yeah. dignity that you yeah. just didn't, yeah. you know. And now, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's idiocracy. Yeah. yeah, that that, that the, the president in the idiocracy is very much like the president we have now. <laughs> they both have careers in professional wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's confounding. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the filmmakers I know obviously are, are constantly scheming to try and figure this one out. Like, what is the movie? And the whistleblower gave a lot of people hope, I think, that, oh, that would be a way into the story of this moment. But I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't you know? think we quite know what the story yeah, of this I, moment I agree. is. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I mean, got it, a, I think And I'm, also the, 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 the pace, the editing pace of our lives yeah. has changed yeah. immensely. Yeah. You know, it used to be uh, days and maybe even a week would go by without he- hearing or thinking about the president, right? whoever he was. Yeah. And now every five minutes, every there's five a minutes. new news yeah. cycle. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it, it's all been ramped up to a point where there's no spaces in yeah. between. It's yeah. just constant. We're all action. addicted to the news, right? I mean, well, we as, have to as, as, as the NFL like, has found out, right? You know, where people have better things to do now than, you know, than you know, than, than their traditional entertainments and they really want it. They really want to watch the news. But that's why I think the big short is a kind of a, a, a early clue to the new direction. Right. Yeah. In the, in the way that it tells that story. Right. Which is a, a complicated story. Right. And, and many of us who are not um, gifted in the um, understanding of uh, finance. Right. Uh, oh, uh, I, I couldn't conceive of a more boring one-liner 
right than yeah. the one for the big short you thought you gotta be fucking kidding me. right yeah right. But, to but actually make but it the way but the way it's presented it's, film out of it's, it's entertaining uh-huh. it, it surprises you all the yeah. time and it gives you new information at a, at a, a pace that you can understand yep. right and, and illuminate and the new pieces of information illuminate the old pieces of information yep. i mean it's, it's just oh a, well, thank you that's extremely very clever yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe, thank you joe that's very kind uh, coming from you especially yes, that's, yes, that's but i think i think that that's i think you're going to find that that approach is going to have to be uh, more ubiquitous. Well, I'm look, I'm excited for you to see Bombshell because that's that that is the same thing in the in a, a much more known arena, right? Well, you know? Sexy time. <laughs> you know, actually, you know, yes and no, right? I mean, that's the thing. Sleazy it's not, time. It's, 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 it's not that sexy, but but it, it it it's that thing of you know how can you take this world that we all think we know about and find a way in that 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 brings you along and and. and you know, I, I'd been wanting to do something on sexual harassment for a while. I, here we're talking about it. I said I wouldn't talk about hey, it. Yeah, yeah. This happens but, but, no, no, we'll cut it. We'll cut it. We'll cut it. Anything that refers to your new movie and only yeah. talk about old movies. Okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But anyway, so, so, but, 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 you know, I've been looking for something to, to do something. And, this, and, and these, this arena was fantastic because what it allows me to do is you get to laugh at these people for a while. Right. And then you get to laugh with them. And then you st- suddenly you're sort of in them with them in these rooms where this stuff is going on, and it just it just throws you for a loop. So it's the same dynamic, and, and tonally it's very similar. It's very similar to Big Show. How did, it's the same how pace, did, the same the same kind of how relationship. How did the existence of the Showtime version affect your project? Not at all. I've never seen it. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, I thought, I thought I thought I thought I think a couple people read. I think Jay read read a few of the scripts. Uh, I you know I I I actually met with uh, Jason Blum. Right before he started looking, he had just signed the book deal. He was going to start looking for a writer. And I was just about to go out and pitch Bombshell. And we talked for 30, minutes, 30 seconds and we knew we were going to be doing very different things because mm-hmm. I was going to be focusing on the women, the last, that last, really that last year, particularly the last two weeks of Roger's existence. And he was going to do this whole arc of mm-hmm. who, who he was. Um, but it hasn't affected us at all. I don't think, in fact, in, in a way it's helped us. Help you. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, but we're back. No, right. Right. Uh, we, we cut come this on, stuff. We, well, we just, we always digress to talk about sexual yeah. harassment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, but to, to go to the big short, I mean, obviously big short is informed by a couple of my other favorites, you know, uh, 24 hour party people, mm-hmm. which is just Okay. Now, wait, now it's been a while and I was okay. a big fan, but, but my favorite part of what you just said was obviously. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going, well, am yeah. I an idiot? You know, I guess because Adam and I talk about that so much back in back three or four years ago. So I, I just sort of feel like this is the thing people know about it, but but maybe they don't. I don't know. Um, certainly for me in my head, uh, you know, a couple of years later. Um, but but 24 hour party people just in its, its its ability to play in this like daisies with a film form and just do all these these right, crazy sure. things. You know, uh, I'm always I always love it when there's. When, there, when I find myself getting really emotional about something I, that has no rubric for me to understand why I'm being emotional about it, but I'm, I'm genuinely moved right now. And I, there's no reason for me to be, because there's, you know, there's, there's no dog in trouble. So why am I, you know, why am I being moved? But there's a moment in 24 hour party people where he's in that concert. There are 42 people in that concert. And he takes you around the room to these kids mm-hmm. that are dancing or on stage or in the back sort of sitting down. And he says, that's that band. That's that band. And it's just so moving, this idea that these kids gathered together for this first punk concert and they will go on to man, to, to create this genre of right. music, right? And that reached massive success. Manchester, birthplace to the railways, the computer, the bouncing bomb. 
1976, if you wanted to see the most exciting bands in the world, they were on a regional show coming out of Manchester. My show. I'm Tony Wilson. June the 4th, the Sex Pistols play Manchester for the very first time. There are only 42 people in the audience. Inspired, they will go out and perform wondrous deeds. For instance, behind me are Stiff Kittens, later to become Joy Division, and finally to become New Order. That's John the Postman, he's a postman. Have you ever factory records? My label. Joy Division, New Order, Happy Mondays. We are an experiment in human nature. What kind of music you got me bringing in? Sort of new wave, kind of indie. Indian? Pity you didn't sign the Smiths. I've just seen God. What do you look like? You look like me. And it's it's that 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 thing, of course, that that we know in 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 films when we talk about them in the macro, which is that the arc of getting what you want is really cathartic and moving for us as an audience. But to get it in that condensed form of him just taking you through, it's, it's, just a, it's, a, it's, it's both hilarious and wonderful and a beautifully filmed because it's sort of he turns the camera to do it yeah. and you're just enjoying the concert, but also, you know, oddly emotional. Yeah, no, it's a great film. It's yeah. uh, uh, lovely, and as you say, sort of very bright and colorful and constantly. I, it, it, I, I see the, the, the some of a connection in that one of the things that... Um, you did the big short was you managed to make this incredibly dry right. subject, at least to most of us. Yeah. Um, you invigorated it with kind of every trick of the book from right. great dramaturgy to, to that constant, like I never knew what was going to happen next yeah. stylistically. Right. Uh, which is a lot of fun. Always. It helped in that one that, that, that had a very simple plot, which is the deal. Like right. you, you get very good. You know, are they going to sell out and make all this money with, given that they have such a tortured relationship with this industry? So, so it, that, that helped that. Yeah. obviously a lot, but yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that those devices, they're hard to do because they can feel gratuitous really quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, they have to be achieving something you can achieve by no other means. Yeah. Right. And if they are, they work. And if well, they're not, or, or, we or smell it. it's a decision we, from yeah. the get go that that's the road you're going to go down. Right. It's yeah. got to feel organic. Yeah. Um, yeah. That too. But I think yeah. it also, you, you, you have the sense that that it, you need that device, right? right. That that it, that it has some function for us that, that, you know, that besides just that's how we're going to tell this story. You know, right. there has to be something in the story, I think, that makes it work, at least for me. Uh, and and, and 24-hour party people, because it's, A, a world that most of us don't know very well, right. and because it wants to, to speak in such elliptical terms about a whole genre of music and its history at once, it's sort of necessary, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and Coogan's just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yes. so, he's so funny. And then another one in that simmer vein, you know, is is man bites dog. Oh yeah, right. You know, that's that's come up. That's not quite in the Ed Wood. Almost every episode, yeah, there's, there's Ed Wood. Certain, so right. man bites certain dog. Have, has, certain titles keep reappearing. Man right, bites okay. dog has popped up uh, far more often for, for a movie that's generally not very well known. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Where cool. can you? Is it Criterion too? There's a Criterion. I, I don't know if it's Blu-ray yet, yeah. or what. There's definitely you can. Yeah. Um, what I love about it is, for those of you who don't know, it's it's a movie obviously about uh, obviously it's a movie about um, this film crew following around a, a killer, and the film starts to turn on the film crew and on us as viewers, and we become complicit. And there's a moment quite late in the film where there's a relatively brutal rape, and and you know uh, leads to a murder, and it, it's just one of those films that 
you know, in that mockumentary idiom, the last thing you expect it to do is to be so true to its convictions right. and, and turn on us. Yeah. But it does. <laughs> and it's yeah. just. It defines it. the word disturbing. Yes, yeah. it, it really yeah. does. Yeah, it really does. Uh, yeah. I figure you're not, I can't remember. You, 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 you hate it, right? No, I don't oh, hate it. You, I, oh, oh no, 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 no. No, I, I, I think the story I may have told was that I had a, I was making a movie at the studio, and the guy who was in charge of the movie had this giant three that? sheet in his office for Man Bites Dog, which okay. is the three sheet is, is, is the guy firing the gun the down gun, at yeah. the bottom of the picture, and right. then at the bottom there's blood coming up, right. and a baby rattle, okay, teething ring. <laughs> oh God. And and this is and this guy's got this in his <laughs> office, and I'm making a cartoon comedy, right, for this guy, <laughs> right. And surprise, surprise, he was a pain in the ass through the entire experience. <laughs> so Joe just, now associates this movie with the assholes. I'm afraid I do. It's, it's not their fault, but it's just, you know, it's just got All right, guys, good to see you. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. <laughs> vibes. That would be his concern. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see. Although, you know, what do you do? Do you have, like, should you have sort of rotating posters depending on the project you're meeting? Listen, I, I, if I had the ability to have rotating posters in my office, I would definitely have rotating posters. You can. I do yeah. at home. You, know, you, you get those who, little, who picks oh you you don't, yeah, I've got you don't lift them off of, the wall and yeah. no no the, the the frames pop out oh i see they're screwed to the wall and you just you slap them in and they change with the seasons it was just halloween it's a great horror films really wow. because because i was leaving uh you know just went to korea for a few days and my wife who's not a horror fan was gonna be alone in the house for several days so I, you put I made some a point of, sample post i know i took down the horror films just so she wouldn't have to um what did i put up uh juggernaut and um, Freebie and the Bean. The Richard Lester job? Richard Lester, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what does that tell us about your relationship that those are the two you, two you chose for your wife while you were gone? Oh, she yeah. actually, she likes, she <laughs> oh, loves 70s kind of caper films. Oh, right, right, uh, it was right. Very, it was just, right. just horror films are not her. Right. Thing, but. Not my thing either. It's, you know, it's to go go a little bit back. I, uh, when I, when, when I moved back to the States as a kid uh, and I went into seventh grade, we were rewarded for something that the school had done in the first couple of weeks of school, as a matter of fact, um, with a screening for the seventh graders of Tales of the Crypt. Oh. Which is a pretty damn dark movie to yeah, screen sure. for seventh graders, yeah. right? And I had never seen a horror film in my life. Really? Uh, never. Did you know uh, it was based on a comic book? I, I, I did not at the time, do now. Uh, and I just, I mean, I was... I was devastated. There's, some, there's I, some pretty dark stuff. Yeah, I, I slept on my parents' floor for two weeks. I just I couldn't believe that such, and it and to this day there are there are there are horror tropes that I I don't want to go anywhere near. It just yeah, just there's a there's this base revulsion in me to to I just I don't want to see that. Don't want to think about that. Uh, and so I get there with films like Man by Dog or Blue Velvet. Like you can get me to that mm -hmm. moment where I will where I I can. But 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 if I if it starts off. With the promise of those narratives, I'm, 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 really? I'm, yeah. Takes all kinds. Yeah. It does. It does. I'm yeah. trying to find. I can't remember if it's that or I can't pull it up. My trailer from Hell Bio. I can't remember. Does it say I was the only second grader to see? I can't remember if it was House That Dripped Blood. House That Dripped Blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was House That Dripped Blood. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jeez, I, I, I remember his bio. I was done with that yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and, I, and I, again, I, I had a very sheltered, up, sheltered upbringing. Right? Yeah, so, no. it's, uh, so I was probably 11. But, you know, it's just, it's, it. and I've probably made the reverse. My, my son at 10's favorite movie was Saving Private Ryan. So I've probably overcorrected in making sure that, <laughs> <laughs> that he was exposed to, 
you know, to, <laughs> that, to, to, that's weird. Yeah. I don't mean, I'm like, that's, that's, I would, that's a, for a 10 year old to enjoy that film. Seems He's a huge war two buff. Really? Okay. Massive. I mean, he can, he can <laughs> talk 10? to you at length. Well, he's, wow. he's 12 now, but he can okay. talk to you at length about the Stuttgart and how the horn worked <laughs> and when the, as the, the, the tone it would make when it was diving. I mean, he, he, he'll get into it with you. We should, he should come on and do his 10 favorite yeah. horror film. Uh, <laughs> it would be much more entertaining than me. A, and B, he can actually say something about horror films. Uh, uh, no, war films. I was like, have him come. Oh, war films. Be, yeah, yes. That would be, yes. That'd be fun. Yeah. You know, a good, a good one for young, uh, in, in, um, well, there's, a, they're actually, What's a good war film for the kids? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I heard myself going there like, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Schindler's but, List. No, no, <laughs> Dunkirk. Kids love that stuff. Yeah, Dunkirk. 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 Dunkirk is actually for for adolescents a pretty good film, right? Okay. It's, you know, it's it's not too bloody, and you know, yeah, that's it, true. It, yep. it has a certain poetry to you know to where it goes, and a certain her heroism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you think? Dunkirk? Yeah. The new one? Yeah. I As opposed it. to the old one? Oh, yeah. The old one. Yeah. I've, uh, new one's fun. Yeah, it's fine. Um, you, you, this, you are damning with some faint praise right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, my, wasn't my favorite of his films, right. but uh, yeah. it's fine. Um, uh, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, what else? Yeah, what's your next? What's your next? Uh, uh, you know, I still think elections are a gem of a movie. If you're one of the millions of Americans who still believes that honesty, integrity, and fidelity are the cornerstones of our democracy, we suggest you wait for another preview before getting your popcorn. In the nation's capital, a new leader has found a place in the halls of power. But her story began in the halls of high school. We'll move on now to the presidential race with three candidates running. The first is Tracy Flick. One thing that's important to know about me is that I'm an only child. My mom is really devoted to me. She likes to write letters to successful women like Elizabeth Dole and Connie Chung and ask them what advice do they have for me, Tracy, her daughter. The next candidate for student body president is Paul Metzler. I just don't think somebody would do something like that on purpose. <laughs> I think you did it. And if you want to keep questioning me like this, I won't continue without my attorney present. And do not often speak with you and ask for things. But now I really must insist that you help me win the election tomorrow because I deserve it and Paul Metzler doesn't, as you well know. The final candidate, sophomore Tammy Metzler. I'm attracted to the person. It's just that all the people I've ever been attracted to happen to be girls. You should stop her. She's not qualified. We can't both run, can we? I mean, we're brother and sister, can we? Tracy and I are totally in love. In love? Yeah. So is this a moral situation or an ethical situation? When I win the presidency, that means you and I are going to be spending a lot of time together. <laughs> Cast your vote for Tracy Flick next week. You won't just be voting for me. You suck! You'll be voting for yourself. Who knew how high she would climb in life? I had to stop her. Excuse me! Will you please be quiet? Now. 
just in his ability to to take that world and you know I love the suburbs obviously as as you guys do too and just to 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 Im- so immerse us in the sights and sounds and the day to day like rhythms of it like I think of that scene where Matthew Broderick comes home it's like an establishing shot even which is kind of not a not not something I think that he would normally do and like he pulls in and he goes in the kitchen and he gets the beer and it's just like so patient and we're too, and he hears a baby in the next room, right? And he, sort of, and he realizes it's the baby of the woman he's been, try- <laughs> he's been trying to have an affair with. So he knows, oh, this, the, and we watch him creep down the hall and he looks around the corner and there are the both women staring at him, little yeah. cups of tea, yes. you know, one of them holding the child, right? Having clearly it. had the most r- <laughs> ruthless heart to heart of their lives. And he says, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only dialogue in that scene. And then he's out in the driveway and, you know, we, we crane up, uh, you know, like you are so screwed, buddy, your life is over. <laughs> and just, you know, I mean, his ability, Alex, you know, Alexander Payne's ability to do that, just that, to feel that, because all that's authentic, right? The way yeah. you drop your bag, the way you pick up a beer, like you have these habits of moving in, you know, you know, and it just, I don't know. Well, just, yeah, the way, the way everything is perfectly normal until the yeah. moment where it is just Not. shattered. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. an amazing film. I, I hadn't seen it for several years. I remember seeing it a bunch of times in the you know first year or two when it came out. Just, right. And, and you just sort of, every time I saw it, I'd forgotten. And then it recently came out on, I guess, Criterion, did a Blu-ray, right? And I was like, yeah. great, I haven't watched it in years. And it was that same thing. I was like, I knew it's good. You just forget how great it is, how every scene just delivers on that kind of, yeah. there's a, there's a creepiness and an ick and a, and there's a sympathy for every character yet an ability to skewer every one of them on yeah. a pin and just yeah. make them wiggle until they bleed out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it has a sort of subtext of gender politics that's uh-huh. never addressed, but informs everything like that scene, you know, a little bit like Quentin's movie. I mean, Quentin's has that movie had, you know, once upon a time, America has that same thing. There's a whole gender politics thing running throughout, you know, critique mm-hmm. of woke culture running. You know what I mean? That's sort of interesting there, you know? Yeah. And, and, and um, there's this election has that quality too of, you know, uh, that, that, that's, that's pretty engaging, pretty well, fascinating. Well, it's weird. Yeah, I remember during the election, the last, the actual election, yeah. there were, there were people who would hold, they would make the Hillary Clinton. Tracy, Tracy Flick, Flick actually, yeah. But positively. Yeah, yeah, you know, as right. a way of like, she's a go-getter. She's a th- he'd be like, have you seen the? Film? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I disagree with you, yeah. but I don't think that's a. You know, the, the 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 Tracy Flick label gets thrown around a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. and usually not in a good way. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's, uh, but it's an amazing character. Yeah, it's a great character, and and yeah. she's always I, I always see her in glimmers of everything that that uh, Reese does. Yeah, you do. There's, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but he captures something about, you know, when, particularly in that, in that section where she's looking out the bus window, you know, and she's thinking about the kid who's running against her and she's mm-hmm. you know, imagining, you know, how, you know, how her, she, she can feel the pride slipping away. And she just has this look on her face that you almost never see on Reese's face. Never. But it is powerful. Yeah. It is super powerful. These hooded eyes and just, she's ready to knife somebody. Yeah. You know, and it's great. Yeah. And it's, it, it works kind of in that sense of some of the things we're talking about where, um, Again, have not seen Daisies, but the sense I got is that you can have a thoroughly wonderful time watching the film and completely miss the politics. Yeah, yeah, you could. And yeah. obviously it's a movie about school politics, right, but right. the sort of overt, uh, uh, the way it handles actual politics yeah. is so astute. And, yeah. and so Absol- absolutely. And, and often that's the hardest thing. You know, people love to talk about 
Costa Gravis' Z. Right? Mm. And I remember the first time I saw it thinking, and this is a negative example, what, what? This is, this is didactic as hell, right? This is real. This is torturing me right now. That's how I feel. I probably shouldn't say that. Love close no, to no, 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 but it's just, it's not, it's not. He's not a listener. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Uh, and, and I, you know, and, and, and my, my company's called Gramsci. I have some sympathy for the world he comes from, but I just, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do that right. It's easy to tip that too far the yeah. other way, right? You know, to, to, do the, to do the politics in a way that's entertaining. Uh, so that's, that's one of those that I just, you know, I, people, people, I probably beloved at this table. I, you know, should probably just shut up now. <laughs> fine. We, we love, we love when people uh, skewer the secret cows. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's just, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the minute they become overt, politics become a little bit of a problem, don't uh -huh. they? You know? So it's always about finding, Where do you, I mean, depending on, uh, uh, cause I tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, although I think sort of a movie like, I mean, I think, you know, when I think political movies, I think one of my all time favorites, again, just came out of Criterion, uh, Maitwan, John Sayles, right, which, yeah. is, which is very much overt in its politics right, yeah, and yet yeah. still um, uh, works 100% fundamentally as a piece of entertainment. Right, right. Um, without. But that's a hard on the sleeve. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's also. And it's um, a movie that needed to be made because of. That's a story that was never told from that angle before. Right. No, no, absolutely. And probably which most people didn't. But know. but it's not a film that runs up against my um and I'm I'm often like there's nothing I hate more than being in the choir that is being preached to. Yeah. yeah. Um and and that film clearly is, and yet somehow he manages to dance above it all hmm. uh, very artfully with, yeah. with the difficulty is always with with these films is avoiding the trap of earnest passivity on the part of your characters. That's a good right? yeah. Particularly yeah. if they're victims of crime. It's just it's a real it's a real thing not to, you know, not to, not to, you know, get caught in that trap of, you know, things are happening to this person, right. this noble person. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we often treat making, you know, I think of this because of Megyn Kelly and Gretchen Carlson, obviously, but we often treat a movie being made about you as an award Hollywood's going to give you, you know, for a good noble <laughs> choice, right? Or you, you survive extreme circumstances, but it's, that's not why we make movies about you, right? We make movies about you because you have a rich and compelling internal conflict, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and if it's rich, it's something we haven't seen before. It's unusual, you know? Uh, those, yeah, and, those are not exactly like uh, pure heroines. Either. No, 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 they're not. Fight, in the right. fight for justice. No, they're not. And that's what, but that's not that's a bug. That's interesting. That's not, yeah, it's, it's not a bug, yeah. it's a feature. That's what makes them interesting because, yeah. you know, they can entertain us along the way. And we can, you know, I don't know who's going to make the, you know, the, uh, the, the Harvey Weinstein story into a movie. But how, what's your way in? Right? Are you going to do Megan and Jody? What are what are their internal conflicts? Right? You know, at the times you I'm look back, Louis C.K. <laughs> hey, there you go. If you look back at you know, if you look back at all the president's men, you know, for its day, that's a pretty those those characters are are pretty flawed, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, one of them's sort of you know, they they don't like each other. One of them's you know, quietly pretty ruthlessly ambitious. The other's you know, neurotic and a little you know, uh, a little irritating. For that white shoe world of that day, that's a, those are they, they they you know they they were real human beings, right? And that's right. always difficult to do when it yeah. comes to, to to issues around which there is any cultural delicacy at, at all. Well, that also I, I have a an increasing gripe with that film in in that it um, I, I wish it had done more of that actually uh, right. approachable because because every time I watch it, it is fascinating. It's right. a fascinating story, and I watched it about a year ago with a bunch of people who um, some of whom were not. 
sort of relics of that era. Right. I mean, I came of age during that. I had the Watergate coloring right. book, you know. I'm, oh, did you really? I'm the guy sitting there watching the movie going, how the fuck is B.B. Rebozo not in this movie? How do you do this story without B.B. Rebozo? And, and, I, really, and I, I kept wondering, like, if you were not intimately familiar with this story, would this movie work for you? And I, right. I don't know. But I do know that well, what happened is it had such a huge impact on the world of journalism where there's been this sort of shift where, you know, all these, you know, journalists were primarily before that, a great many of them, they were these kind of, you know, unmerciful, like these working class guys. It was kind of a, it was a bit of a shameful job. You right. Know? Yeah. And, and that made them into these kind of heroes and you right. all of a sudden got this influx of all these kind of white collar right, yeah. Ivy league guys yeah, you know, sure. who wanted to get into journalism. And of course the problem with that is all those guys go to school with the people they're theoretically reporting. Absolutely. On yeah. And cut to decades later and you know, they're all palling around with members of the Trump administration right, right, while right. writing about them right. at the same time. Yeah. And I, I do blame that movie for some of that. I, I blame the response to that movie. Right. But I, I feel like if they had gone deeper into uh, sort of character flaws yep. in them and things. There might have been a. Uh, it would be more dramatic, right? Like, so you're saying the movie needed to have an alcoholic? Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know, or <laughs> yeah, or a wife beater. I don't know. I mean, it's you know something to make them a little less appealing would be. Yeah. No. I uh, Casey Lemons wrote Harriet this year, and I keep telling her you had the hardest job. You get stuck in the second act with Harriet. You're not giving her an affair. You yeah, know, oh, you're, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Let's give her a little substance problem here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when, when someone is beloved and iconic in that way, it's it, you're put. Those are some serious handcuffs. Those yeah. are some serious yeah. handcuffs. No, I'm, yeah. I'm a, there's a, a, a character named Bass Reeves, who's uh -huh. the greatest gunfighter in the Old West. Right. He's the the most successful U.S. Marshal. Right. Uh, highest rate of you know bringing guys in. Yeah. And he was he was black. He was African American. Right. And um, I've always wanted to do his story. And the problem with his story is he was a profound, devout Christian who 99 times out of 100, the guys would find out Bass Reeves was after them. They'd give themselves up. Yeah. He'd put them in a cart. He'd ride them back. He'd read the gospel to them. By the time he got there, they were converts. Right. And you look at his entire happily married, you know, this right, is, yeah, right. I'm like, you need some conflict. <laughs> <laughs> There's no conflict there. And what am I going to do to this amazing right. African-American right. icon to make him interesting except... Yeah bring him down and make right. him flawed and tear it. Now I'm doing that. Yeah. Now it's to, tough. It's tough. Really tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question about, about all the presidents spent. I've yeah. heard, and this may be urban, urban legend that Redford, you know, meets with them quite early, uh, Woodward and Bernstein. Oh, and, while they're, uh, while they're still in the story. Right. And if there is one scene that occurred oh. while Redford was in the room, oh, in wow. the, have you ever heard this myth or no, not? I would no. love to know if this is true because oh. it sort of answers a little bit of the problem, right? Yeah. Is Redford is so integrated into his subjects. Right. right? That's why I never meet them. Man, the minute you meet them, they are on your shoulder. Yeah. Mm. So I always write without them. I figure I'll trust what's in the dominant culture narrative, yep. right? I'll trust the, the, their news reports. I'll trust their affidavits. And then once I have a sense of the story, then I'll call them, right? right? And I'll get to know them then. Uh, because well, that's, that's yeah. a problem with, with the Manson story yeah. that's just coming out of this book. I think it's called Chaos, a journalist yeah. who was doing a piece on the 20th anniversary of the Manson murders and has now been working on it for a decade and found out all this stuff about how Bugliosi was already working with the writer of the book even before oh, right, right, the, yeah. and crafting this narrative yeah, yeah. and how, how much of what we know about the Manson yeah. family seems to have been made up. That's a movie. I want, that, I want that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I want with, that, yeah, with yeah, the idea yeah, of like making yeah, this yeah, something yeah. I can sell as a book and then yeah, as a movie. Yeah, yeah. And that maybe half the shit we know about this guy is wildly inflated. Right. 
not by a screenwriter, but by the district attorney right. who was looking to sell a book. Oh, that's that's a great that's a great that's, conflict though. Like, yeah, discover, oh, no, no, absolutely. Yes. That's the that's a way in, right? You're yep. in, yeah. You're you're, you're yep. with that with that writer, and he's discovering this, and you know, what do you do? You yeah. know, what do you do? No, that's yeah. that's that's super interesting. Anyway, I, I I would love to know if that's true about that Redford actually. Yeah, know, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, some yeah. of our listeners can yeah. elucidate for exactly. Now write us, but but that's the. Uh, the um, the conversation, I think, probably is the best of those. I'm tor torturing the obvious now, aren't I? But, but, yeah, but you know, <laughs> any, any excuse. It's, it's <laughs> to talk about the conversation, yes. right? God but what? Is. But but you know, if you look at that genre of political thrillers like Condor, those you know, that has the same political fervor, but it's much more subtle. Yeah, right. And it is in some ways more damning. It's a more damning yes. indictment in a way of corporate culture yep. and wealth in this country Absolutely. than any of those more overt political things in some well, ways. Well, because it plays no matter where. Yeah. It, it's not, yeah, whereas like I said, with Watergate, it's like if you don't know who Chuck yeah. Colson is, you're yeah. watching the film going, what? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah the conversation translates to any place and time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do yeah. they even name the company? I never, I mean, I've never seen it 400 times. I don't times. think, I don't, Harry is the only guy who's got a name. I think. Is that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, I have one, I have one minor gripe with that film and it's frustrating and I always forget it. And every time I see it, because with all the amazing sound work that Walter Murch did and everything, they do cheat the ending. It's actually a different recording of them. <laughs> he'd kill us if he had the chance. Right. It's not. Oh, um, and you know, I'm sure they played with it forever to see if they right, could make it work right, naturally. Right, and they just right. couldn't, so they cheated. Right. Yeah. But other than that, one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, and also the the, the spotlight, uh, you know, putting the focus on sound. Right. It's yeah. just it's just such a lovely, you know, um, you know. I always say we we learn with our eyes and we feel with our ears. Yeah. My in, in college, I had a, a radio show. And it was just amazing the relationship you would build with your with people who listen because they would just have such an emotional because you're a voice disembodied voice reaching them in the night you know and it really you know they would, well, they would talk radio yeah exactly exactly while you say that exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah and so and 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 so there's that thing of just appreciating that how his relationship to the mediated by hearing them yeah. without, you know how emotional that is for him it's just you know it's really. Clever, were, were you, clever. Did, how old were you when you saw that? Was that like a youthful experience? Uh, college. Yeah, I was in college. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I saw it as a child. Yeah. My dad took me. Yeah, you remember, but there's a weird, no, you're right, because yeah. there was something, it took me years to realize that it is that. It was the focus on sound that yeah. made that film so distinct, uh, an emotional experience, even though I had no idea what the hell I was watching. Right. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. It's the thing that Blowout missed, you know. Although I, I like Blowout as a movie, but it, it's sort of moving from blow up to blow out, right? right? It tried to capture a little bit of that, but it gets caught in a, you know, a little bit more, too much. There's film. a little too much plotting in the end. Oh, so yeah, and the, and the end of the picture, movie and the end of the movie doesn't make Joe, sense. Joe, don't go. We, uh, we can't end, do this anymore, the movie doesn't man. make we sense. Can't, every episode before. can't degenerate into us fighting about the greatest Brian De Palma film. <laughs> oh, that is so not, so not the greatest film. <laughs> I fucking love it. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everything about it. You yeah, know why? Because I bet you feel because you feel right. I mean, you, yeah. it's, it's a very emotional. That ending is kind of. I mean, it's you feel that scream yeah. him. Yeah. That's that's. Well, I think I said this other episode too. I had read the novelization first. Oh, you did. Okay. And they changed the ending. The ending okay. of the book's a happy ending. <laughs> so when they do that to you in the movie, it's wow. even more shocking wow. because you're. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Joe, Joe is not the big fan of that one. But love no, it. not at all. Josh has a lot of bizarre beliefs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, but conversation, yeah, yeah clearly, clearly yeah. seminal in that way. But you know, Citizen Kane is a journalist movie too. It sure. is, yeah, and important for me because you know, 
trying to convince people that doing that writers writing about people they disagree with politically is always better than writers writing about people that we all agree with politically is mm. kind of tough. So I've been evoking Citizen Kane a lot over the last month and a half mm. or so, you know. But but why that in a way one of the ways that film works is because the real life person force uh, Wells to meet him halfway. You know what I mean? And what you what emerges is not the guy and not a totally fictional creation either. It's this thing that two souls have created in their, in their wrestling, conflict. in their conflict. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's just, it just works. It just works. You know? I, just, I, just, I don't know what it is. It just, it never connects with me. Emotionally. Oh really? No, yeah. it's got, I think at the end, it's got one of the most moving endings I've ever seen in a movie. I did. Yeah. 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 Joe has a sled. Oh, he has one of them. I have one of them. Oh, you do really? Wood. I do. Wow. <clears throat> How many were there? I don't know, but this one is balsa wood. So I think it's the ones they burn at the end. Okay, so right, however right. many they just text they did. They go, okay, right. we got it. Right. <laughs> so they right. this went back into the RKO vault and okay. I ended up with it. How long have you, uh, how long, uh, you bought it at an auction? No, no, I got, I was making a picture of Paramount and uh, they were cleaning out the, uh, the, the bowels of the studio and which used to be RKO. Uh, that half of the studio is BRKO. And so they were throwing things out and there were huge dumpsters with like antiques and lamps and all this stuff, like uh, just dumpsters. And this guy comes up to me and says, we're going to throw this out. You think you want it? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. My God. <laughs> jo Josh, for those of you, because it's a podcast, can't see, Josh is green. He's just green. Like every pit of him is green right now. <laughs> the envy is like the envy, envy coming up from that Can side of the table. Imagine? I know, it's nuts. It's nuts, isn't it? Right. right. You know, not the guy wasn't a film buff. What can I tell you? <laughs> is there a more iconic film prop? In no, the there is not. I there is not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. I've seen this thing. It's real. It's real. Really? Where do you keep it? You, or can you not say? It's in my uh, screening room. Wow. It's on the wall, right? It's on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Where, I mean, you know. And when people broke in and stole stuff, they didn't they steal didn't. that. <laughs> good thing thieves are stupid, isn't it's it? It's a good thing. That, yeah. I would yeah. actually, if I had that, I would do what, um, uh, I also said if I, had, if I had won the Oscar, I'd do this as well. I would, every time someone was coming over, I'd have a chart of how high, how tall people were. Uh-huh. Uh, where, where do you keep yours, by the way? Let's. Uh, it's uh, yeah, mantle on the den. Oh, okay, because yeah. right. I, I found most people keep them in the bathroom. Have you? Seen yeah, I've heard this. I think a lot of this. I, I think a lot of this is is. I've seen a lot of. Oscars. Yeah, all, I, I thought doorstops is what. Yeah, that doorstop. Uh, the doorstop door door bathroom, bathroom is, is um, you know, it's it's not you know they're not it's like oh it's, it's they're, they're letting you know it's not important but you are going to see it right. But I would I would find out you know how tall are you? I'm at five eleven. Yeah, five eleven. I would I would have it hanging. Like like Rosebud, I would um, adjustable. It would be my front door, and I would have it hanging down to about five nine. <laughs> so when you walk in the door, it hits you in the head, and I go, "Oh, sorry, sorry." Did my Oscar <laughs> hit you? <in> the head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Rosebud. Didn't you? I'm so sorry. That's Rosebud, by the way. There's a, I, I, I still suspect there's you a, can use that. I, I, I will. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Next party, I will do so. Um, there's a lot of myth making. I think around you know uh, these things matter for, for people far more than we pretend. It's you know it's, I always think of that hilarious story of uh, the women who get photographed for the Vanity Fair Hollywood cover. Mm -hmm. They all tell the story of they send you one framed, right? Right. And you can't put that up. You, you just can't put that up. <laughs> but what you can do is you can lean it against the floor, right. like in the living room exactly. or in the kitchen, <laughs> and just leave it there for a year yeah. and a half and say, oh, yeah, they sent that over. Yeah, it's a really nice photo. We oh, figured yeah, out where so to put pretty. It. <laughs> like, you know, right? And that's what everybody does. They sort yeah. of leave it laying around as if it just arrived yesterday, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, you're not hanging it anymore, yeah. right? So, but there is that. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, 
well, give us another one. Already have more? Knocks uh, it up. Gosh, another one. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, man, this is an embarrassing one. Um, oh, good, good, good. That's you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure. Right? I, went, I was in a drama club, you know, in high school, which was really important for me uh, in terms of seeing the craft I love and, and exercising the craft I love. And its ability to kind of bond us as just a suburban Texas drama club and starting in 1979, right? You know, that, 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 that film, even though it's, you know, dangerously close to a horror film. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Are you Brad? Are yeah, you Brad? Yeah. You were Brad, right? Yeah. What does that go, mean? Did you go to the, uh, oh, no, no, I'd never, I would never, oh, I would, really we, we would, we would sing the songs and we didn't really oh, go okay. and act out, you know, with the, throw the bread and all that. No, we didn't really do that. We would, we'd get to go occasionally, but it was more just as, you know, on the drama bus, you know, in drama clubs back in the day, you would go to these dramatic and humorous and terp or one act competitions and buses and you'd sing, but it's just, I don't know, the, the ability of a film to sort of provide you with access to a subculture that you identified with, yeah. you know, and, you know, and, sort of, you know, and that playful relationship to transgression, you know, even though in retrospect, it wasn't that transgressive, but, you know, it just felt like so edgy and so calculated to offend everyone we knew. And it was delicious. I mean, did, was, did you go to like midnight screenings? We would. Yeah. There was always yeah. a, every mall in the country, you know, and had, had a midnight screening. Uh, by 1980, as, yeah. you know, it yeah. took a while to catch on. I think probably a couple chains resisted or whatever, a couple malls resisted. But yeah, by by 1980, there was always, you know, and it was, you know, it was nice. You'd go and you'd meet the kids from the other drama clubs in your town, you know, and, you know, uh, you'd hang out and, you know, it'd be a hundred of us and yeah. not a one of us claimed to be gay. It was so fascinating, <laughs> right? You know, imagine, like, I'm sure in retrospect, many, many were, but it was just such a, you know, it was just such a, you know, such a, such a nice way of building a subculture. I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the character of the small market hipster, right? That, you know, that kid that 10 years ago is like living in the Starbucks, you know, and they're the one Starbucks by the Walmart in their small town, right? You know, and so, you know, we got to be small market hipsters and there's a real power in that, right? There's a real, there's, you know, that's where, you know, that's where, where so many people who actually end up here doing things come from, right? It's because it's just, it's this other alternative identity that's going to, that you're going to, you're going to escape the norms of your world, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, so, so that, that, that. That that was important for me biographic. Oh, that is it good? Uh, who the hell knows? Oh, I, 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 yeah, is it possible <laughs> to critique that? Yeah, that <laughs> Rocky Horror. It's an event. Yeah, I, yeah. is there somebody somewhere? I mean, it's out on. Is there a Blu-ray? There's probably a Blu-ray. There's, There's a Blu-ray, and that's I mean, one of the few Fox pictures that that can now be seen. Oh, they're they're, they're letting in repertory out. now that, that Disney has taken them all off the market. Oh, really? The one that they the, the one that they're letting them keep, right, yeah. is Rocky Horror Picture. Why? Why are they? Uh, because why? Because I think they don't want the competition, or they don't want to be bothered, or it's somebody else's pictures, another studio. They don't give a shit, uh, and um, it's just become very difficult to see them uh, in theaters. Right? There's I a that one is such a live event. Though. Yeah, there's a theatrical version. I'm told now that high schools perform. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but it's based on the show. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 right, 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 right. So, so there's yeah. this idea that 20 years, 30 years later, you know, that that that, that high school drama departments are putting on for the high school rock right. and horror, right? Yeah, it's, it has a certain irony. Because that was I, I grew up in Philadelphia, and Joe spent a lot of time there. Right. You know, but the TLA was, if not, I don't think they were the first. They were one of the first to to start that those midnight shows. Mm -hmm. I was way too young at first, but there was something. 
you know, it looked really forbidden. I mean, imagine you're seven years old and yeah. you're seeing Tim Curry. And right, and it's like, right. See, really I forbidden had Josh, I had strong concerns about your parent. Your parents. <laughs> you're doing yeah, up yeah. at a midnight show. No, no, no. I, mean, I wouldn't go, but I, I, you would see the ads and things. And, right, and right, it all right. looked very, by the time I finally got to it, yeah. and you realize, yeah, it's how, it's how benign and yeah. fun. And, yeah, yeah. But it just, it really had this like, you know, as a child, I was like, do they, are they, probably not killing people on stage are they having sex on stage what's going on there it's, it looks so squalid and scary and, and you get to it it's like yeah yeah, yeah. And so yeah. you became a writer yeah yeah, yeah. i became a writer yes yeah. I, i've done rocky once or twice i came out with a golden underpants on oh really so that yeah. Was, uh, yeah not my scene i'm, I'm better <laughs> off behind the camera but uh, uh yeah no but that's, that's a wonderful experience and it does it it, it also it um like you say it sort of brings you into the sort of communal aspect of, right, of right. both film and art and everything else. Right. And camp stays with us for 20 years, right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, camp kicks in, you know, and it then. And the know, things that are best remembered now. Yep. Are the campy things. Yep. 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 Although, have a life. although my theory is that camp is always a, a modality, pretentious way of putting it, a modality of reception. You cannot create with camp. You can't make something camp, right? Camp requires the Sincerity. audience, since exactly, it has to, the audience has, to, has an authentic relationship to it, where they are reappropriating it. They're, re, you know, they're repurposing it for their own needs. But right? how how do you explain? I mean, I would I the yeah. single greatest Batman of all time. I will brook no discussion. Is right. obviously Adam West. Okay, and that show hit the ground. That was right. It it got that. Yeah, yeah. It achieved that, but it it started out with that intent, right? Clearly, right, and 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 succeeded at it somehow. Did it really? That's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, I mean oh. it was was it was it clearly a camp intent, or was it more a comedic in, attempt that just sort of failed? No, yeah. it was a it was a it was a campy intent that was based on uh, the popularity of the 1943 Batman serial, right? That was re-released to theaters right. as an entire evening of yeah. watching. Interesting, stuff. and people responded yeah. to and it. And people responded oh, to okay. it because it was because it was it was very funny and it was campy right. and it was very racist and very dated. Right. And all of the kids who saw this stuff thought, that's why my parents are like, I, like right. they are. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. How did I not know this? And, and that, that's, that led to me making the movie Orgy, which is a very similar kind yes. of... Oh, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. uh, and also, which, which depended on the idea that the stuff in it all had to be created with a sincerity or right. else it wasn't funny. And right. then when, after we'd been doing it for a while, the Schlitz beer people said, well, can't you get some more modern stuff in there? Like right. the man from uncle. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, you don't get it. The man from right. uncle is, is, is an intentional parody. Right. Yeah. If, if you watch these, these movies from the fifties, right. yeah. forties, yeah. they're, they're funny because they are serious. Right. Right. And that they really never caught on to that. But, um, but, but the Batman TV show was, uh, you know, I had had all those, um, Andy Warhol-ish kind yeah. of, yeah. Uh, bang power. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, panel things, and the and the the, the opening. I remember what, what a big event the first episode of that was, and the, my disappointment was that when I watched the second episode, it was like, isn't this the same as the first episode? <laughs> well, there's nowhere to go. Right. Well, that's, yeah. I yeah. kept. Well, it was so it was so innovative, right? That mm -hmm. the thought was, well, you know, if it's going to be like this, it's going to be right, innovative yeah. every week, right? Yeah. I mean, think of how much fun it's going to be, right. and then it turned out, oh no, they they found their groove. And yeah. This is it. Oh, that's so interesting. And the yeah. only thing that's going to be different on this show is the guest villains, right? You know, yeah, which yeah. they managed to milk for you know God knows what yeah. three, three years. years. Yeah. yeah. 
But they, they, I mean, it's amazing when they just came out on Blu-ray last year and I've been sort of holding off and going back to them until right. they look at sure that production good. values will uh, yeah. <laughs> suffer oh, in Blu-ray. amazing. No, yeah. you can't, it, it's, yeah. oh, you could just eat every episode. Right, yeah. But it, I, you know, they hit the ground, right? He does the Batusi 10 minutes into the first episode, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, and I just, I think Adam West got short shrift. As right. He, I mean, he is a comic. He's very, yeah, no, he's, he's great timing. Amazing. He has dragged timing. down But, but that, that's yeah. the, that would be the one argument I'd right, have to right. make. I think yeah. so many things become camp over time. Yeah. He's dragged yeah. down somewhat yeah. by Bird Ward. Yeah. 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 Well, look, it becomes a matter of how you define parody and how you define camp, right? right. You know, and and, I, and I, you're probably right. I'll concede that. Um, you know, but I would say I, man, I, it's hard the me. exception that may prove yeah. the role. It's hard. It, it, it is delicious to think about, though, the, these, these, these TV executives greenlighting this thing, right? And trying to think, oh, no, this, no, this, is, this is for the kids. All right, kids are going to like this. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and thinking it's a, you know, for 14-year-olds when it's not. Yeah. But it was, I mean, I was a child. You know, I, did, uh, you know, I, I thought it was just like it was the quintessence. It was just, it, it, it's it just was a total it, badass oh, Batman. Absolutely. And, and then it, you come and, back and, to it as an adult. Yeah. And it became this thing that everybody wanted to be on. Yeah. It was like it was a badge of honor to get to be on that show. Right, right. Yeah. I think television had so much more profound influence on our taste than we realized. Well, that's because you know? that's because when we were watching it, there was nothing else. There was nothing else. Now there's yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there was a unified field of culture. Yeah, it was. Everybody yeah. go to school on Monday morning and they say, "What well, did you see? Twilight Zone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see yeah. Thriller? Yeah. You know?" And everybody's, "Yeah, we all saw." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to go on Twitter now to find out that there's some new thing that the culture is talking about. Right. And I can track it down if I can figure out <laughs> well, what it really that's is. That's just because you're too. Yeah. And where it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing, but, uh, but it was great to share that unified culture. Yeah, you know, it sure, was, it was, sure. it and was, it'll never exist again. It will never exist again. Yeah, yeah. that's like a, that's, that's there's something about that that's very moving to me too. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, again, you can, you can, you know, one, one obviously you can't not acknowledge that you know it was a culture that was dominated by sure. races that needed to have been broken down and all yeah, the rest of that. Of but course, there yeah. was that that unity yeah. that at least provided a sense of solace that we were all in the same boat together. Um, all kind of, yeah. And, and yeah, I just remember a moment, you know, a couple of decades ago, this was, I was a comic book guy and I remember there was just a moment when, you know, I could walk into a comic book store and I didn't read every comic, but I was aware of all the comics. Right. Yeah. And I just remember going in one day and realizing I didn't know what half of these things were that it just, things had exploded so much. It was impossible now to be movies. The same thing. You can't say, you can't see everything. But I, you know, you never could see everything, but you could at least be aware of everything. Mm. And now I'm no yeah. clue. Is your yeah. movie in theaters? Or is it people? Not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it, do I? Is it? Do I get it over my phone? What, how do I? How do I see this bombshell yeah. thing? Is well, where, the, what is that again? <laughs> Uh, is that from Korea? Is, it, <laughs> is that a podcast? podcast? Yeah, podcast? exactly, exactly. It was also it was also interesting how not only was there this unified culture, there was a unified perception of where the culture was going, what felt like progress. Right. You know, I think back. I think back on because Charlie's Angels is out now when we're when we're doing this. You know, thinking about the original Charlie's Angels. Remember that Time magazine cover where they were all on the Time. Oh right, they, they yeah. Together, was, yep. and you could you know, and you know in. The, and the fact that you could see Farrah Fawcett's nipples sort of through the, you know. You well, know, that was yeah, the, the, the one that she was on by herself. It was that one by she was, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah believe yeah, me. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking but, about. But in general, <laughs> you often, you often, you know, that, you know, and, and, and that was this, this version of both objectification and liberation at the same time. Yeah. And it's weird, yep. uh, you know, messed up way. And, but it felt like we were all, 
all part of this exciting progress that, you know, with all these things are moving yeah. forward and my God, we're moving towards the 21st century and it's going to be like the Jetsons. It's going <laughs> to be like the Jetsons. We're going to have flying yes. cars. Flying cars. Flying cars. You know, and, and now we have Peter Thiel complaining about there's no flying cars. We got, <laughs> we got drones. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I always felt the problem with flying cars is that, that they would, crash there'd be an awful I, I think yeah, that would I be a problem my yeah, neighbors that's, flying that's, hell no yeah, no absolutely not that, that, uh, if you could take imagine LA traffic and yeah. just move it up into the yeah. sky yeah now it's yeah. three dimensional <laughs> you wouldn't be, you driving know, into you'd be able to see the sun yeah right. no, just see yeah. a freebie the bean where yeah, it just yeah, drives yeah. into their exactly. fourth floor bedroom exactly yes uh, <laughs> uh, you got two freebie and the bean mentions in here yeah, yeah, yeah you know pretty good. I'm, I'm working them they pay me they pay me it's part of our new sponsorship um Ah, well, Charles, are you, uh, that was lovely. So you're great. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for talk. hanging out with me. Yeah. yeah no, thank, thank you for coming on. Um, uh, wonderful. You, you did not even remotely embarrass yourself. Okay, you good. Embarrassed me. I, my <laughs> Czech new wave yeah. awareness. I'm good on German new wave. Yeah. French new wave. I'm, I'm, I've seen my list. You will like the tone of Czech better. I'm going to argue. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's he's, that, wor he's working on his Sri Lankan at the moment. I see. Yes. Okay. It's because it's it has that thing that we've now embraced, which is that sort of Cohen-esque tone of, uh -huh. of of sort of knowingness, right? That just is on the edge of humor, on of parody, but not quite. And know? also reacting to repressiveness. And that, exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is always more fun than than, 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 be, than being repressed. Yeah. No, any, I just I always, you know it's not, not a particularly brilliant uh, statement, but you know any kind of oppression applied to an artist, you know, is, is I think a good thing. Oh, this is Milos's thing. Milos's yeah. whole thing is what the censor gives you is tells you exactly what to write about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and the censor can, the great thing about censorship is it tells you exactly where you need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the whole point is to get past it. Yeah. Yeah. And, no. uh, and kick them in the ass because yeah. you are smarter than them. Isn't that how you finally, yeah. Yes. Well, you know, are, are, and that's your job. I mean, that's your job as a, as a movie filmmaker yeah. or artist, however you want to call it, right? Is, is, is to, is to push those buttons. What for our culture, I think is so interesting right now is the most transgressive space we can be in is the middle. How crazy is that? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, we're so partisan that rooting around in the middle is sort of where, you know, where the subversive the subversive <laughs> stuff is, you know? Yeah. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for sitting around and uh, making us all feel old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Rock Walter Cronkite next. And, um, but uh, no, thank you very much. And, Guys, and huge uh, luck and congratulations uh, with Bombshell. Can't, can't uh, wait. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. yeah I, I look forward to seeing it. I'm, I'm not concerned. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I'm going in anxiously. Good. <laughs> um, although, I don't know, big risk with those actresses. That's, yeah, you, know, uh, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, anyway, thanks, thanks so. guys. Yes. Our show was recorded in beautiful downtown Burbank. The official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, 
Face-Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face-Off wherever you get your podcasts.